follow the show on Instagram at JLE Podcast. Send all your requests to the show's email, jlepod at yahoo.com. Welcome. This is the podcast where I tell stories about Jesus' life and entertainment to the one and only who truly listens because he has no other choice and we're basically in one room together now all the time since I moved out my dog. It is a thrill for me to be the barrier between you and your innermost thoughts. Follow, rate, and review Jelly wherever you listen. Thank you in advance. We are skipping Shut Up and Listen in this episode because I want to talk about an active, ongoing investigation that just happened about a week ago, and I wasn't going to talk about it yet because it's brand new and I don't really know what's what and I don't think anybody really does in terms of valuable details. However, I learned something that involved animals in the area. Don't worry, it sounds horrible and I thought it was horrible, which is why I investigated it, but you'll see. I'm going to talk about a massacre in Moscow, not Russia, in Idaho, Moscow, Idaho, in a college town that involved the deaths of four people. As I said, this is a very active, ongoing, current investigation, and I'm sure there will be more details by the time your ears are absorbing this, but I wanted to talk about it now because I'm leaving town for the holidays. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Let's talk about murder. Historically speaking, Thanksgiving is kind of, sort of, about murder anyway, so how appropriate. Okay, what happened? What's the case? Well, I'm sure you've already heard. Not one, not two, not three, but four college students were brutally stabbed in the same home on November 13th in Moscow, Idaho, which is over a week ago now, and no suspects have been announced. The coroner, Coroner McBuff, said the scene of the quadruple homicide was entirely morbid. There was so much blood, it practically coated the walls. The coroner also reported that the same hunting knife was used on all four victims. Obviously, killing someone with a knife is quote-unquote messy, for lack of a better term. So you're going to have a lot of blood spatter, a lot of blood spray, that kind of thing. And someone familiar with that sort of thing, a retired law enforcement officer said, that when you have blood that looks like that, almost like a painting, it is either arterial blood or cast off or both. The knife used in the attacks is called a K-bar knife, I believe. It's popular in the military because it's very sturdy and the handle itself is wrapped in leather to prevent the user's grip from slipping. It's a knife that has been around since World War II. It does appear that all four roommates who were killed, two were best friends and the other two were a couple that were attacked while sleeping. But they weren't the only ones in the house at 1122 King Road in Moscow, Idaho. That's right, there was two other people in the home at the time of the massacre, and two of those people, the other two roommates, survived. So what's the exact timeline? Because there's a lot of details, but unfortunately there's nothing significant yet. It has seemed like it. It seemed like a lot of people could be suspects, but 
Not quite yet, so let me give you a timeline. November 13th, it's believed that the people were killed between 3 and 4 a.m. All four were stabbed to death. Their names, may they rest in peace. Ethan Chapin, 20 years old. Madison Mogan, 21 years old. Zana Kernodal, 20 years old. And Kaylee Gonclaves, 21. Kaylee and Madison, those two were best friends, and they were seen at a local food truck before returning home that night on the 13th around 1.45 a.m. The food truck had a camera, which is why we have that footage, and there is also a man in a white hoodie that was seen walking in the direction of the girls as they left. We'll get to him in a minute. The other two roommates who survived the stabbing had arrived home that same night around 1 in the morning. One report said, quote, at about 1.40 a.m., the duo, the two girls, were seen on video at Grub Truck, a local food vendor, and used a private party for a ride home, getting back at 1.45 a.m., police said. A man on surveillance video at the grub truck and the person who drove the girls home are not considered to be suspects, according to authorities, end quote. Zana and Ethan were dating at the time, and they also got home at about 1.45 a.m. Ethan did not live at this house, but he was sleeping over with his girlfriend, Zana. The killer is not one of the surviving roommates, which I thought was a possibility because four people die in a house, there are six people total, one of the other two did it, right? No, the other two roommates were ruled out. And the killer is also not the rideshare driver. I don't know if it was rideshare, one report said that, but Uber driver, whatever, whoever drove them home that night, he was ruled out as well. There was also a 911 call made from inside the house at 11.58 a.m., so just before noon on November 13th, and that person, whoever made that call, has been cleared. They have not stated explicitly who made that call. Kaylee's ex-boyfriend, so one of the murder victims, Jack, was called repeatedly before the murders. I believe it was six times. Someone called him from her phone. He is not considered to be a suspect at this time, and Kaylee's family fully supports him and considers him one of their own. Then we had some commentary from a forensic death investigator, Professor Joseph Scott Morgan, who told Law and Crime Network that, quote, blood can reveal a lot of things, end quote, and then he continued to say it can also, quote, cover up a lot of things, end quote. Since the quadruple murder happened, other agencies are now involved with the investigation. Moscow, Idaho is a relatively small town with just over 25,000 people, and the area has not seen a homicide in seven years, much less a quadruple homicide. Since other agencies have gotten involved with the investigation, at least 90 interviews have been conducted, and college life is more or less its own ecosystem, so I presume that they're starting with the people closest to the victims as they would, but I'm sure 
many people are involved. They had many friends. It was a very social atmosphere. I'm sure they see a lot of people on a daily basis. So there's plenty to be ruled out, but at least they're going down the list. Also, it was reported that other friends were at the house the time of the 911 call. So what about noon the next day? Those people were ruled out as well. And autopsies on each of the victims were conducted on November 17th, the results of which have not been released to the public, but it was reported there were no signs of sexual assault. So we have four out of six people in one house stabbed to death in a violent and intimate manner of taking someone's life. So how could one person do this, or was there more than one? It's said that all victims appeared to have been attacked in their sleep, but it was later noted that some of the victims had defensive wounds. It was not stated who that was. It's likely that whoever the whoever committed these crimes would have had to have familiarity with the layout of the home. 1122 King Road in Moscow, Idaho is a split-level home. Thank you, Zillow. The first level is more like a basement, and then we have a second floor and a third floor. The second floor has a sliding glass door entrance into the kitchen that is accessible from the outside via stairs that lead up to the back of the house. Surrounding the house is pretty wooded and remote, at least that's what it looks like from photos of it. The murders happened on the second and third floors. The surviving roommates were on the first floor. As I said before, no suspects yet. The investigation continues. If you have any information at all, the tip line is 278-883-7180. That number again, 278-883-7180. Rumors that have since been cleared up by authorities is that no one was bound and or gagged, and there were no signs of sexual assault. The victims were found on the second and third floors, but police have not said who was found where. As of Monday, November 21st, no autopsy results have been released to the public. The 911 call has not been released to the public either. The reason for that 911 call that came from 1122 King Road was because one of the roommates thought another one had passed out and was not waking up. Multiple people were reported to be on the phone with the dispatcher, all of which all of which involved with the phone call have been ruled out as the perpetrator. This is what made me want to talk about it now as opposed to waiting until they had someone or a better lead. There have been two reported incidents of severe animal cruelty in the area that led to the unfortunate, unforgivable, torturous deaths of two dogs. At this time, though, it appears these animal killings are unrelated to the quadruple homicide. I just think it's odd that this happened not once, but at least twice close by, and it's particularly vicious, as is killing four people with the same knife. I'm actually, I think I might be more curious about that. 
I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you guys think it was one attacker? Do you guys think it was somebody the victims knew? Statistically speaking, that's probably true. It's so difficult, though, because college, you know everybody, even if you don't. You know what I mean? It's a very communal environment. We had six people living in one house, and I read there were six bedrooms, so two on each floor, I believe it was. I don't know, it could be anyone. You stalk their social medias and people think that it could be this guy or this guy or this guy's holding a hunting knife. It looks like it's his hobby. Did he do it? But most of those people have already been ruled out. So what is going on in this area and why are people doing despicable things to animals? I don't know and I don't know if I want to know, but I also feel like I have to know. We can't talk about it now, though, because I have to go get ready to get out of town. Which is what most of the students in Moscow, Idaho are doing because there's a killer on the loose. So, prayers, of course. Thoughts, obviously, but I don't think that means much of anything. I do believe in the power of prayer, though, so... Condolences and peace to the family and prayers for the authorities. One last note, there was a dog in the home at the time at 1122 King Road. And I'm happy to report that that dog, known as Murphy, is healthy and safe. Thank God. Again, the tip line for anyone who knows anything, and let me tell you, somebody always knows something, is 278-883-7180. Thanks so much for letting me tell you this morbid story in time for the holidays. It's been a thrill being the barrier between you and your innermost thoughts. Here's to the shortest episode of Jelly. Hopefully it's a good one and hopefully we can talk more about this case soon. Happy holidays. Stay safe. Be thankful. And I will see you next Tuesday. Holiday day, day.